I was uh, on my computer, actually I was on my little tablet reading a book, and I switched over to Facebook, and it says, you have a memory. And three years ago, October 25th to be exact, because I had written this on the 28th, I had written a praise and thanks. If you remember back during the, those times of the pandemic, I was putting a midweek reflection out. Um, because we were limited in what we could do, and it was a way of expanding uh, a chance of thinking about um, God a little bit more because we were limited. But it was three years ago on October 25th was the first time that we gathered as a congregation post the initial lockdown. Until then, we hadn't had church, and this was outside. We worshiped outside in the breezeway, and we set the chairs up, two together, and then six feet apart. We wore masks, and we didn't sing. Um, and the end of that reflection was talking about how great it was to gather in community, was the reflection. But the end of the reflection, I reflected on 
a prayer that we would one day be able to come together again and the way we are. Well, here we are three years later, and we've been doing this for a while. And I also reflected on this in this post-COVID, post-pandemic period, that as a congregation, we were fairly lucky. Um, we were fairly lucky in this. I don't know if anybody in this congregation actually succumbed to COVID. I don't, I, I'm trying to remember, I don't think anybody did. 1.3 million of our fellow countrymen did, but nobody in this congregation did. And I know a number of people had COVID, um, myself included, and I will testify, it knocked the crap out of me, forgive my language, it knocked the crap out of me for a good month. Um, I ended up preaching one sermon in absentia because it was too late to get a supply, and we sat, sat here and I preached and Larry recorded and that next Sunday, that following day, and then Joy Walters filled in for me the following week and the next week when I came back, I believe the week after, I was still so exhausted that I actually had to sit down for most of the service. So, and I know many people also had it, maybe somebody just got a sore throat or had a fever for a little day and others, of us, I think you said you got it and it was pretty rough. You're still tired, yes, well God bless you. But we are to gather together again. And I think we have a lot to be thankful for in that. And we have a lot more to be thankful for, and we'll cover that further. But now, let's get to our announcements. Any guests with us for the first time today want to identify themselves? All right. Um, sign up books for readers and ushers. Um, we're always encouraging people to get more fully involved. And if you would like to read um, and help lead worship, or if you'd like to usher, the books are in the back. I do need an assistant today for communion because you don't usually like the stairs. Charlie, are you going to help me out? Okay, thank you. Um, always good to get volunteers. We need volunteers for the Church Altar Guild. We have one, but we need more. Uh, see, Chris, raise your hand, Chris. Jump up and down. You went home and changed into red. My goodness. I put, I, it's all right, I put my dress and fancy stole on so I could be in red too. The only red shirts I own are old ratty t-shirts and I don't think that would go over. <coughs> in the back, there is a gray basket. Harlan Peterson has brought in a bunch of different medical supplies that because of changes in um, prescription or plans, there's test strips for... Um, Diabetic machines, there's uh, test strips for coat or test tits for COVID, there's creams, you said histamine sprays and stuff. Anything you want, help yourself, just leave the basket because he said it fits in his freezer. Um, this is a healing Sunday, um, and while Christine's away, Elaine is here and Carl is here, so there'll be healing during communion if you would like to have anointing and healing. Um, reminders this week. Today, there's a worship and music meeting after service. Tomorrow, Monday, there will be a memorial for Jack and Joanne's daughter at 11 a.m. here. Uh, Friday is the dance in Kyle Hall at 5 p.m. Saturday is the music jam in... Saturday is a music jam in Kyle Hall at 1 p.m. And then a reminder here in bright red, must be, must be Reformation Sunday, set clocks back one hour at bedtime. Daylight saving times ends 
next Sunday at 12 a.m. So basically, I think this is when you get an extra hour of sleep. So if you find yourself up early and ready to go and then realize, oh my, well come because you can come to Bible study. Um, we're also looking for suggestions for council people. There's a box right next to my office door there that says suggestions for council people. Put, the, put a name on a piece of paper. Um, and our sympathy and prayers go to Jan McCoy for the loss of her husband, Mike. I understand Mike was a well-loved person around here. And I never had the privilege of meeting him, so we'll lift him in prayers. Are there any other announcements for the good of the family today? Yes, Carl. Yeah, I got an I announcement. Uh, I know it's kind of early for Christmas, but... Um, if anyone has a three-foot or a four-foot green lighted Christmas tree uh, that you're not using or you, don't want, you want to you know, get rid of it or let us borrow, uh, we try to decorate here during the Christmas holidays uh, for a little bit more spiritual... A little bit more festive yeah. seasonal. It has more. nothing to do with spiritual. A little more festive... $7.99. With that, <coughs> I don't see any kids today. And gee, I had a children's sermon. So, why don't <laughs> I invite you all to stand and let us begin our worship. Blessed be God, the one who forms us, Jesus, who bears the cross, and the Spirit, who makes our joy complete. Let us bow before God in humility, confessing our sin. Steadfast and faithful God, you have revealed the ways of justice, yet we fail to follow you. We are overwhelmed by the world's violence and suffering. We are afraid to ask what we have the sake of others. For the harm we have caused, known and unknown, forgive us. For the unjust demands we place on others in your creation, forgive us. For the ways we turn away from you and our neighbor, forgive us. Lead us back to you and set us on the right path. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Beloved in Christ, God's justice stretches beyond all understanding. God's compassion is beyond compare. In Jesus, God is always making a new way for us. In Christ, you are ready and always forgiven. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Please join me in praying the prayer of the day. Almighty God, gracious Lord, we thank that your Holy Spirit renews us in the church in every age. Pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep them steadfast in your word. Protect and comfort them in times of trial. Defend them against all enemies of the gospel and bestow on the church your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. The word of the Lord. Psalm 46. Let us lead, oh, sorry. Let us read responsibly Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be moved, and though the mountains shake in the depths of the sea, though its waters rage and foam, and though mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city, it shall not be shaken. God shall help it at the break of day. The nations rage and the kingdoms shake, and God speaks the earth melts away. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our stronghold. Come now, regard the works of the Lord, what desolations God has brought upon the earth. Behold the one who makes war to cease in all the world, who breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the shield with fire. Be still then and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. A reading from Romans. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth should be silenced and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For no human being will be justified in his sight by deeds prescribed by the law. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and, it att and is attested by the law and the prophets. 
the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. He did this to show his righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over the sins previously committed. It was to prove at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of boasting? It is excluded. By what law? By that of works. No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that a person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. The word of God. Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 21st chapter. He looked up and saw rich people putting their gifts into the treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two copper coins. He said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has just put in more than all of them, for all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in all she had to live on, the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. Please be seated. Last week was a reminder I need to start listening to my wife when she says, you need to start giving yourself some notes because the old mind does not work the same well as it used to when you were young. The only problem is I gotta read my handwriting. 
What are your two cents worth? What are your two cents worth? Worth. We know what somebody putting their two cents worth into something is. It's standardly, standard, usually thought of as someone committing, uh, uh, offering an opinion that really isn't helpful, really isn't needed, really isn't wanted. Yeah, go ahead, put your two cents worth in. And in this gospel, we have a woman putting her two cents worth in. But what was it worth to her? When we put our two cents worth in, what are we really offering? And that's the question that I'm going to ask you to ponder on today. My wife Marjorie... Now, she's an introvert, and uh, if you get a chance to know her and hear some of her stories, they really are fascinating, but she won't share them readily. In fact, she's such an introvert that after she retired from ministry, I think she decided to stay in the house for a year and just recover from having to be out among people all the time. Now, those of you who are introverts can relate to that, so I'm an extrovert. I get energy from people. If you ask an extrovert, their opinion, they'll shoot it off right away. In fact, they'll shoot off three or four. They'll give you not just two cents worth, but four cents worth or eight cents worth, 10 cents worth, 12 cents worth, because these are all these unformed opinions into the world. If you asked an introvert their opinion, they might not say anything for a while. They'll get quiet and they'll think. And when they offer you an opinion, it's well thought out, it's well formed, how to, how to engage it, and what to expect and how many people you'll need to engage. It's part of the difference between extroverts and introverts. There's many others I could relate to, but my wife Margie the introvert has a story about her two cents worth and what it was worth. See, my wife, unlike myself, who was raised in a family, I was raised in a family coming to church not only were we coming to church, we were expected to be involved as we got older, and what was the most important thing, I think, was my mother, my parents in general, but my mother in particular, would question us, would provoke us, would challenge us, in fact, invite us to speak what we thought, to engage what had been said by the pastor in the sermon or what a scripture thing said, how did that relate to us? Did we agree what was being said or did we feel there was something different there? She engaged us and challenged us to grow in our faith through our own interaction with the faith. This was probably the biggest blessing that I've ever had in my life. It was probably one of the things that I consider among the most privileged part of my growing up was I grew up in a family that went to church and I was not only exposed to my faith, but I was challenged to grow in my faith from my youngest ages. Marjorie didn't have that. In Marjorie's home, her parents, good people, but we don't talk about that stuff. That's, that's for you and you alone. Marjorie grew up with this hunger to learn what it meant, but when you read the Bible, it is confusing that doesn't just say what it says, it says all sorts of things. And learning to read the Bible in all the different ways that the Bible is invited to be read is a lifetime's discipline. But she had this hunger, 
So as a young woman, she got involved in a Bible study that was taking place in her neighborhood where she lived. And in her Bible study, there was a Roman Catholic and a Baptist and a Pentecostal and even a Lutheran. So one week, the woman said to her, one of the women said, Dearie, it's time you pick a church and start going to church. So she liked what the Lutheran said. She liked the fact that this woman challenged things, pushed back against what everybody else often wanted to agree on. So she asked her, would it be all right if I came to your church? Have you ever been asked that by anybody? Has anybody ever said, hey, is it all right if I come to your church? Now, I hope if you ever hear that, you say, of course, and you bring them and you keep them, you accompany them in that very particular journey. And this woman said, yes, of course, dear, come to our church. Well, very early in this engagement of hers in this faith that she was so hungry for, the church was going into a stewardship campaign, and they were talking about tithing. Now, tithing in specific means that you give 10% of what you receive that week. You give 10% into the plate. It can be met many different ways. A tithe can be a percentage, and part of what we've been doing is challenging people to grow in that percentage that they give. But Marjorie heard 10%, and she says, well, I want to I grow into this, but I'm not quite ready yet. You know, she was still married at the time, but her husband didn't have a great job. She was home, a stay-at-home mom. Her parents had moved in with them, and there was only one person working, and they were only working part-time. So the resources for the, resources for the week were very scarce. So she opened her wallet, and all she had was a $20 bill. And all they had for the week to live on was $200. So she says, I guess God is telling me to tithe. And she says, so I started tithing from when I first started going to church. And I've tithed my entire life. And she would share more if you would get to know her and talk to her. And she would open up and feel comfortable. Because again, introverts, it's not about them. They'll sit and listen and observe but they won't quite so often share. She'll share about how many times in her life, financially, she was on the brink, but it was always something that happened almost at the last moment that didn't, didn't make her fortune. She didn't win a lottery, but she got enough to get by and keep going. And that's that living that faith about how we receive and what we give. See, stewardship, and this is our stewardship season, and we're in the midst of our stewardship campaign for the year. Now, it's about growing, not just in your giving. And I said last week, the giving is the easy part, really. It's the giving of all of ourselves. It's giving of our entire being and putting aside what is God's. As the people, the, Jesus challenged the Pharisees and the Heridians last week, give to God what is God's. And we've been hearing, and I thank all those who shared their, their, their stories, their stories of why they give this past couple months. And today is that culmination. And you've been given a card, and I want to invite you to take those cards home. And what that is, is what you pray over it. 
ask God, what should I do? Because I know in this day of hyperinflation and the fact that there's so much uncertainty, dedicating a portion ahead of time to God can be tough. But next week when we come to church, you will put the card, and if you forget your card, that's all right. We've already printed extra, so everybody can get another card next week. You'll fill it out, you'll put it in an envelope, and you'll put your address on an envelope, and you'll seal the envelope. And then during the offering, those who are able will put the plate here. Instead of being there, it'll be up here. And during when we sing, we are an offering, and we bring our offering forward, you'll put not only your weekly offering in that, but you'll put that envelope in there with that card just as we did last year and just as a reminder nobody will ever look at that card that envelope will be sealed it'll stay sealed okay (coughs) excuse me sometime next summer later in the summer we'll send you those cards back just as a reminder how are you doing with this pledge that you've made Last week, we, last year, we gave charts and showing the steps, but I think you're all smart enough to know what you give and where you are and how much you can grow because we're asking people to grow one step because our goal is to grow towards a tithe, and that tithe can be whatever percentage you make it out to be. Biblically, though, it is 10%. Well, how has our two cents worth made a difference. Well, let me explain. This church, this congregation, when I came here, I asked the synod, as many of you know, I am an interim. I was sent here to be able to prepare this church for its next phase, and hopefully that next phase would be to call a settled pastor, to be able to afford and call a settled pastor. And Now you have an unsettling pastor, just so we make ourselves clear. Um, And I asked, well, where do you see this going? And they said, well, you know, it could be that they could grow to this, but we more see it more likely that they would come to a point where they'd recognize the need to merge. But you're going to have to determine that yourself. Well, as many of you know, I started here two weeks before the lockdown, and that changed All the big plans that I had changed, and we sort of had to go into adaptive mode. Well, as we started coming out of that time of pandemic, we started being able to gather together again. We started to become church as usual. Some very interesting things started happening here. We started growing in our numbers of people attending and joining. And I don't know the, I know this year so far we have taken in 12 new members. I know there was probably eight or so last year and there was probably that same amount or so the year before. Um, We are actually one of the few churches that has experienced growth post pandemic. Many of our fellow congregations are struggling because they still not have reached the level of membership and attendance in worship that they experienced previous to the pandemic. As I heard in the last session, I um, conference on ministry teaching tool that I was given that basically it's felt that whatever the decline was church had been going through and has been going through 
for 50 years or more that the pandemic pushed us anywhere from five to 10 years into the future, and we weren't ready to deal with that. Well, we've been blessed here. We've been blessed because we've actually been growing. Now, I don't take credit. I think it's us. I think it's the Holy Spirit. I think it's us engaging in our faith more intensely, more, uh, more deliberately, as opposed to just trying to get back to where we were, but instead looking at where we are and let's go from here. Okay? Now, another thing has happened too, because I said two things, and I've said this to council, and I've said this to anybody who's asked me. Two things needed to happen for this congregation to get to the point where they could call a pastor. They'd be financially secure enough that they could call a pastor. They needed to grow in their numbers, to grow in the amount of people who were claimed this church as their home congregation. And then the congregation as a whole needed to grow in their stewardship. Now, when I came here, they were, you all were about financially stable, okay? But you had a supply pastor who was only coming here on a Sunday and preaching and then having to the requirement because the pastor a pastor needs to be a representative of the synod needs to be at council meetings and he came to council meetings I don't know what else he did I don't know how much he engaged people how much he pushed to join how much he ran Bible studies or develop spiritual development or book studies or any of that stuff I have no idea but I know he was only employed one day a week as a stated supply about Four or five months after I came here, the council voted to start me, instead of being a stated supply at one day a week, to be an interim at two days a week. And that's still who I am, two days a week. And I keep reminding people, I have two days a week. I try to fill as much into those days as I can, and I often go over, but I'm two days a week. But we've been able to grow. We've been able to grow in our numbers, and while we had several years there, pandemic, post-pandemic, where we were chewing through the reserves of this church at a pretty good clip where the leadership started saying, you know, if we keep going at this rate in so many years, we're going to have to. Yeah, we were at that point, folks. But then last year, we did this little bit of a stewardship campaign, Commitment Sunday. Next week is Commitment Sunday. We had people share their stories of why they give, and we invited people to make a commitment to God and how much they give. Well, this past council meeting, and we've also been passing faith-based budgets. And when somebody asks what's that mean, that means we trust that if the money's not there, God will provide it. And it gets really hard to be a faith-based budget when you see the bottom line going down, going down, when you see the reserves being eroded month after month after month. Well, let me bring you the report from last month's council meeting in case anybody hasn't seen that, and oft times most people haven't seen that. Last month it was reported that we were um, rounding out the whole numbers, so don't hold me to dollars and cents. Last month it was reported that we were about $500 short of what our expenditures were for the month of September. We, we raised or we brought in about $500 less than that. And it was lamented that was the third month this year that we were short. 
So out of the nine months so far, we had six months we were ahead and three months we were short. Well, you know, you could parse the numbers that way. We're still coming up short regularly. But there was another way to look at those numbers. I said, well, first of all, let's look at where we are this year as opposed to where we are last year for the entire year. Last year at this time, after the September council meeting, we were $2,500 in arrears. We were $2,500 short for the year. No, wrong, sorry. We were 5,000 short for the year because this year we are $2,500 ahead, okay? So that's the first way to look at that number. But let's go to that number where we were $5,000 in arrears. There's a further number in there that needed to be examined. Last year, we had received just about $20,000 worth of ERC grants, or economic recovery grants from the government. So we had been given that we hadn't planned for, that hadn't come out of the, 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 the offerings of this congregation or the, any of the efforts where we gather a little bit, such as the music jams or the dances. We had been given outright just about $20,000. So rather than being $2,500 ahead for the year, we were $25,000 behind. We had a year so far where we've made up over $27,000 worth of difference simply because people were challenged to think about what they give. This is a blessing. And we're going to be challenged again. Like I said, those cards have been given out next week. If you don't bring your card back, you'll be given another card, and you'll be given an envelope. And again, this pledge is between you and God. Nobody within the church will look at it. And I want to go to one more thing before I wrap up. And I want to talk about the myth of the poor church. The myth of the poor church. Because I've heard this. I did, I did urban ministry where I started out. Both my wife and I were involved in inner city congregations. And we hear, but we're a poor church. Hey, we used to be a glorious grand church 100 years ago. But now we're a poor city church. The city around us is a ghetto now. The city around us is down. We don't have the members that we used to have. We're a poor church. I've heard those words here, too. Well, we're, you know, just Pastor Jim, we're, we're kind of a poor church. You know, Port Ritchie isn't the most affluent area in the world. I said, I know. That's why I moved here. It's what I could afford. <laughs> okay? But I want to tell you right now, there's no such thing as a poor church. I've been in church that is are financially challenged. I've been in a lot of churches that are financially challenged. I want to tell you a story about a church that I visited when I was in El Salvador. I went to, we visited this congregation up in the hills of El Salvador. Um, I don't remember the name of this little settlement, but they were so proud, this church. It was a Lutheran church, by the way, that welcomed us into their midst, fed us a, a meal, and brought us into their church. And they were so proud of this new church they had. Let me describe this church. Most of us would call it a shack. It was cobbled together from a, a bunch of recycled building materials. The roof was galvanized metal sheeting that I think there were as many holes as there was roof in the roof because I looked up and there was a lot of sunlight coming through. 
And in the middle of this church, holding it up, supporting the open space where everybody sat to worship, there was this branch. And I looked at that branch and I'm saying, I don't think an engineer did that. And they fed us a feast. A cup of warm, raw milk and an ear of boiled field corn. This was their feast. But they were not a poor church. They did not want to be described as a poor church. They were wealthy because they could feed us and they had a building to worship in. There is no such thing as a poor church. We have the gospel. We have the words of eternal life. We have the words of blessing and grace and forgiveness for the entire words. We have the lessons and the story and the message of what God has done through Jesus Christ. This makes us so incredibly rich in this world that constantly tells many of us, too many of us, sometimes all of us, that we are not worthy. We have the gospel. And this is a richness that we need to share. Amen. i mm-hmm.
Christ, you have heard the word of faith, the gospel of salvation. We believe in him and are marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Living together in trust and hope, let us confess together our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the very Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to dead. And the third day he rose again, he ascended to heaven. He is seated at the right hand. He will come again to the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated. As an exercise of prayer as a congregation, we have been sharing our joys and our concerns with each other as a form of prayer. So I ask, are there joys that anyone would like to share this week? Let me know. Raise your hand. Yes, Christine. Oh, I'll start right here with Virginia. I'm going to try to cut the walking down. No kids, huh? Well, tomorrow will be Le uh, Leanna Wigan's birthday. Uh, Leanna. It's on. Hello? There you go. Tomorrow will be Leanna Wigan's birthday. Leanna! Where are you hiding there? There. She's right there. Right there. Raise your hand, Leanna. Oh, right there. Oh. Wearing red. Such a good Lutheran. <laughs> Happy birthday. Shall we do it? No. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Leanna. Happy birthday to you. 
I'll never make the mistake again of not doing a happy birthday because I said to my wife when it was her 50th birthday, we were on a plane to India and her 50th birthday was only 17 hours long because we were losing time going across. And she said to me, well, you didn't do anything for my birthday. I said, well, I could have had the whole plane sing, but I didn't think you'd like that. She goes, maybe I would have. After you said, maybe I would. So I'll never make that mistake again. You can't just say no. <laughs> yes, Chris. <laughs> I am very joyful that we have Miss Claire Lexfax with us this morning. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and it's a, you have been well missed here. We've been praying for you. Anything you want to say? I want to say thank you to all those for all the prayers and the, just the good wishes and caring for me. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all for praying that she could return. Any other joys that we'd like to share today? I would like to say thank you, Lord, for directing us and helping us find you people in this church here, in the Lord in this church. It's been a blessing that in this community that we found you. This is a big place. It's stretched out. And for him to put us in the right place where we needed to be when we came to Florida is exactly what happened. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you, Spirit, for sending him here. Yay. Any other joys that we'd like to share? I saw a hand up here. You got a mic, Lee. Don't make me run forward. <laughs> I won't make you run. All I want to say is I'm thankful that we can all be together, that we can congregate. With all the unrest and all the stuff that's going on in the world, like Maine this week, and then there's another shooting that happened last night in a church or something I saw on the news. It re can really be disheartening. And in this day and age, when there's a lot of good stuff, but the emphasis is put on the bad stuff, I just thank God so much that we can all be together and congregate as a, as a church We can family. celebrate the good stuff together. Amen. Amen. This is probably more of an announcement than a joy, but it is a joy. Yesterday, well, probably for the last couple of weeks, due to popular demand, the people that come to the jam over there, and we had over 80 people in the hall yesterday for the country music jam, but they have been requesting that we start the country dinner dance again on the second Friday of the month. So on the 10th of November, we're going to have a country dinner dance, and Yeehaw. everybody's invited to come. Everybody can get their yeehaw on, okay? Any others? Okay, how about concerns, situations that we are praying for, that we want to lift up um, to God? Yes, Lee. Anyway, uh, this is just, when I first came here, one of the first couples I met was uh, Mike McCoy and Jan. And let me tell you, they were, I don't know, I know a lot of people here knew them, but for the ones who didn't, I came here with my brother who's since gone on, but they were so nice and so welcoming and so kind and so sweet. And even when Jan came to visit a couple of months ago, she was here. She says, well, Mike's not doing too good. But you know what? She was more interested in 
making sure that we all remember. Like she said, I just hope you remember the memories that we all had, because you know, Mike being sick and Johnny being gone and everything. And I think we should reflect and just thank God for everything and send our prayers up to Jan and then Mike, may he rest in peace, and all the other people that have gone before us. Just my concerns are that I just want them to all feel blessed and know our love here. That's yeah. all. Yeah. And as we already shared, uh, tomorrow will be a memorial services for uh, Jack and Joanne, it's Morris's daughter who died this past, I think it was late spring, early summer. But they wanted to have a memorial service here for family here, and family is coming down. That's why they're not here today. They're actually picking up a child at the airport. I also want to lift up Carl Kopp, who's one of our newer members. He and Sandy shared their nuptials with us here in the service some time back. Well, he's been struggling with a health issue that they weren't really sure, but apparently this morning he was having part of a toe taken off because it had gone gangrene. So um, uh, keep Carl in your prayers as he now is going to have to go to rehab, but the, as Sandy said, I hate to say I want to say I'm thankful, but this will force the doctors to put him into rehab as opposed to sending him home because she was worried that she was going to be able to care for him. Good Carl's the bigger guy, and we get older, and having to wrestle somebody around is not the easiest thing in the world. So um, keep Carl and Sandy in your prayers as they struggle with Carl's illness. Also, the dean of our conference, who's supplied here many times, Joy Walters, um, I saw her on Tuesday, and she had her hair cut real short, and I said, oh, Joy, is that a summer do? She goes, no, I have cancer. Uh, Joy has stage four breast cancer that has traveled into her bones. The doctors have hope because they have new treatment. Uh, so far, she is being responding to the treatment, but I think you need to keep Joy in your prayers. Um, she's still, she has taken a leave of absence from work, a medical leave, because she's a chaplain at... Uh, Morton Plant Hospital in Newport Ritchie. Um, but she's still, she says she's still supplying, although it's not the week she gets treatment. It's the opposite week of that uh, when she's feeling better. She's feeling fine, but anybody who's ever been through chemo knows that the initial couple days after getting the, um, the chemo treatment, you're really not up for anything. Um, so keep joy. Uh, she's been a wonderful treasure for not just this congregation, but for our conference as well as our synod. But so keep joy in your prayers. Do we have any other concerns that we want to lift today? Go ahead, Dars. It's all right. My neighbor, Douglas Sloan, passed away this past week. I had been caring for him for over a year, and so he seemed like family. Please pray for his 93-year-old mother and his two daughters as they deal with his death and make arrangements. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Doris. And what was his name? Douglas Sloan. Douglas Sloan. Any other concerns that we want to lift up? Yes.
You may all notice that Alice is not in church today, which to me is very strange because I've never seen him as church. But just to let you know, she has probably a stomach virus and just was feeling up to it. So let's say a couple of prayers for her too. Thank you. I was worried because I got a text from her this morning at 7.30 saying she wouldn't be in Bible study. Maybe church, but she didn't know. So stomach virus, yeah, it's not something to sneeze at, but our prayers are with Alice. Yes. This is an update for Bob. He's been really having some problems. Um, right now they have him scheduled to be released from the hospital on November 7th. Okay. They have tentatively found a assisted living place for him. However, he has to be able to walk he, and uh, a lot of things, and he's not able to do that. He's lost some weight. He's got a problem with a sore that is in the wrong place for, it to, for healing. But we just hope and pray his daughter is here with him now. His daughter is, is here with him now, and the other daughter will be coming. She's been here a month. Okay, um, that's Tracy has been down? Tracy, yeah. yeah. And then Patty is coming after, well, she'll be here like a day or two before Tracy has to leave. Okay. But we just hope and pray that he's going to be able to follow everything that he would be accepted into the assisted living. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, Bob had fallen for the second time a while back. And being 90, 92, and having fallen twice, they wouldn't let him go home because he was living by himself. So keep Bob and all his family in our prayers. Any others? I just found out that my oldest sister has um, there you go. a fatal lung disease and uh, doesn't have much longer to live. She's on oxygen. I am not allowed to go see her because she's a Jehovah Witness, and I'm an ex-Jehovah Witness, so they shun me. But I, I think of her all what, the time. What's her name? Lauren. Lauren. And we won't shun you. Any others? Let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, we freely offer up all those wondrous ways you have blessed us in our lives, and we thank you for these things. We also lift up all the hurt and illness and struggle, not just within this community here and its extended family, but also in this world of yours where we don't seem that we can get along. Lord, we lift up the idea of your kingdom that your son spoke so frequently of. Help us to be servants of that kingdom. Help us to be messengers of that kingdom. Help us to be part of bringing that kingdom to fruition. Lord, we pray all this, always trusting and hoping in your son, our Lord and Savior, and let the people say, Amen. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. 
let's share a sign of God's peace. And when we start wrapping that up, let's also share from the uh, sanitation stations. So share.
the offering prayer as one voice. God of power, God of plenty, all things belong to you. We bring your gifts to the table that we might be fed. Form us into the body of your beloved, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death in the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn.
On a night about 2,000 years ago, in a city on the other side of the world, a man gathered with 12 of his closest friends, 12 of his followers, a man who had been stirring up trouble as well as bringing hope and healing to others. He gathered with his friends on this would be their last night together for a bit. And he said, as he took up the bread, this is my body. It's given for you. Take of it and eat and do this, always remembering me. After they had eaten, he lifted the cup. And he says, in this cup, it's not just wine, it's also my blood. And it's soon to be poured out for the forgiveness of all sins. Do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Amen. Now let's sing the Lord's Prayer. Everyone is welcome at this communion table. You can receive communion one of three ways. When you're invited by the usher, you can come forward. You'll be handled a piece of bread, which you can then dip or intinct into either cup. The dark liquid is wine. The clearer liquid is grape juice. You can also make yourself available to the elements that are set up in the back. And if you're still concerned about germs and COVID, and by all means, I think we still need to be concerned. They, you can help yourself to those. They've been packed with packed hands and they're clean and sanitary. Or if you want to receive of the bread and wine but you're not able to come forward, 
When everyone else has been served, I will ask if anybody would like to receive. Just raise your hand and I will come to you because God always comes first to us. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Please be seated.
Let us pray the prayer after communion as one voice. Blessed be your name, O God, for we have feasted on your word, Christ Jesus, the joy and delight of our hearts. Strengthened by this food, send us to gather the world to you, where none are left out and all are satisfied. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now, the God of glory. Jesus Christ, name above all names, and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who lives within you, bless you now and forever. Amen. He has made us glad.
peace. God is at work in you. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.